0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another day in the coffee shop. It's your boy Zach and Kevin here with Coffee Shop Sports, recording a nice little Wednesday episode. You'll be hearing this on Thursday, but we are back. Got some NFL on the slate. Got some NBA on the slate. You're wearing the Knicks hat this morning after a big Knicks W last night. How you doing, Kev?
1: Yes, sir, man. Oh, dude, I'm doing great, man. The the Knicks are are my only team that I like right now. I don't know if you you knew that or not, but I'm actually only an NBA fan. I don't even watch football, so um, uh, that's pretty cool for me. Um, saved the the can crack for the for the listeners. Oh, and it was a good one today. Hard pour of a nitro. Only way to start a coffee shop sports episode, hard pour of a nitro Stumptown cold brew. Shout out to Stumptown. We like to plug our coffee roasters on this show. Um, oh, and look at that. Oh, please go to YouTube if you're not there. We have the perfect nitrogen draft settling happening, and we are underway, sir.
0: You know, I I made coffee this morning, but but we went to Costco yesterday, and for the first time, they had yerba mate in bulk that wasn't just the mint flavor. Oh, the I hate the mint, mint
1: flavor. I hate the mint flavor.
0: They had a variety pack. You still so, get the mint. Okay. But okay. But how they many had cans? Bulk yerba, uh, twelve.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. So what? Berry bluforia, it might and be sixteen. No, it is
0: twelve. Yeah, berry bluforia, and then the mint version. That's not a so- bad.
1: Those are nice consolation. Pr- having to drink the mint is tough. Like you know, that's like pawn that one off on the on the misses or or um, on your homies. Be like, yo, I, I got some herbs for you, bro. You know, she you-
0: offered actually because she doesn't mind the mint Queen. one. Queen, I I I think I've tried it, but I'm I'm like thinking back. I'm not sure if I just said I hated it because I don't like mint tea. Um, but I'll I'll give it another shot because I, I I'm like a fan, mint tea. You know.
1: I like mint things in general, but. That specific flavor, and I don't know. There's something that's so tasty and yummy about a yerba mate that I feel like mint almost undercuts. You know.
0: Yeah, I'm not. It's not my favorite either. I'd rather just have the unflavored yerba than. But shout mint, out to I the think.
1: caffeine boys. We're on brand right now. You know. Um, have you had the the 20 calorie peach revival yerba mate?
0: I had that at your house actually. Yeah, yeah I
1: love that one. It's one of it my favorites.
0: Good. It was good. I. It does that it wasn't so sweet.
1: Right. For sure. It, it yeah. tastes more like tea than the other ones, and it's it does taste a lot like peaches, but you can tell that it's twenty calories. It's one of those kinds of things. There's definitely oh, a little sure. bit of a yeah. flavor it's a, trade-off.
0: It's got that like light beer vibe. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Like like right. It like uh, like like uh, diet you have soda. Yeah.
0: vanilla. You're just like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Exactly. All
1: there's things. that sugar free. There's almost like a like a low carb monster. There's almost like a flavor of being diet, if that makes sense.
0: Well, we have a good show ahead. We're keeping a little broad today. We're heading into the holiday season. We got NBA in full swing. Obviously, NFL is halfway through the season. That's in full swing. Uh, We have some interesting things to talk about there. Before we lead into the sports stuff though, we have a first sip. Take a little gulp here. And we're gonna talk about our least (laughs) And most favorite things about Christmas season, which is coming up. If you don't celebrate Christmas for any reason, or we'll call this holiday season. You know, you got Kwanzaa around the corner. You got Hanukkah coming up, and then yeah. of course, the heavy hitter, Christmas, right around the bend. Sure. So, do you want to do you want to take the mantle on this one? My favorite happy too, least man. favorite thing.
1: Yeah, man, I'd be happy to. And I, I'm gonna start off. You know, everybody knows I'm a positive person. Positivity is is the best but i do kind of want to um i want to lead off with my thing my least favorite thing um just because uh i've had an experience that kind of has triggered this this answer and i i have to preface it with saying that i'm a big believer in mindfulness i'm a big believer in meditation and one of the things that we preach one of the things that we learn in in mindfulness and meditation is that it's not wise to hate the crowd because you are the crowd it's not wise to hate traffic because you are traffic. That being said, Roxanne and I went to uh, Hobby Lobby uh, the week of Thanksgiving to get some decorations. And good sir, I wanted to buy some cool stuff. I had I had some cool stuff I had accumulated walking around the store. And the line, Zach, to get out of the store, wrapped around the back wall of the store. And I was like, I don't have an hour and a half right now. So we were like, whatever, we'll just put it down. We'll go to like Target or whatever. Same thing. It was so crazy. It was so swamped. It was so chaotic. And I guess that's probably my least favorite thing about the holidays is that all the stores that are usually just me and my, you know, it, I, I almost feel like stores like late at night, especially like I almost feel like they're like the wilderness. And I'm kind of like an animal who like I prefer to come out at nighttime. I'm nocturnal. Right. But in the holidays, there is no nocturnal. There is no time when there's no crowds. There is no avoiding at least a 10-minute wait in a line. And that's probably my least favorite thing about the holiday season. I love people. I love being around people. But when it's that much of an inconvenience, I get a little bit frustrated. Not annoyed, not pissed off, just a little frustrated.
0: I'd say we're also probably biased here because we we do live in the city of Los Angeles, which is the most heavily populated County in the entire that's United fair. States, Good per point. capita. Anything we do, we have to deal with people. Yeah. I mean it's very amplified. It's a little different here, obviously, because there are so many people, you know, and, and we don't even just live, we live in kind of the thick of it, you know. Right. Right in the right in the valley here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to the Empire Center for shopping, obviously you're dealing with thousands of people. Holiday shopping is already the bulk of it, uh, Louisa, my girlfriend went to Costco yesterday, and I can't she already. It's already in it. You know, it's already yeah. in the thick of everything. No, I can't imagine. It's holiday shopping. I love holiday shopping. It's probably up there for one of my favorite things about. Love it.
1: shopping. I don't. I don't love crowds.
0: I don't love crowds either. Um, and that that is part of the. I love going out in LA on like Monday, Tuesday, because you get like thirty yeah. percent of the regular crowds. Right. But even then, during the holiday season, it's it's tough out here. That is, that is obviously a downfall of LA. So many people, um, Big time. so many nice things too. So
1: do you want to do your least favorite?
0: Yeah, I'd love to, um, <laughs> you know, there's not a lot I don't like about the holiday season, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so this one's going to be a little niche, little nitpicky. I hate the smell of cinnamon flavored things. Oh, wow. When it comes to like. I'm talking not like cinnamon hot cocoa, like churros. I'm talking like the spicy cinnamon, you know, mm. like like spicy cinnamon flavored candles, or like the like potpourri where it's like always like cinnamon and cloves flavored. I despise that smell. I hate yeah. the spicy cinnamon. I hate the cloves. It's too much. It's pungent. I don't like the smell. I don't like like hot tamales. That candy. Yeah. Um, I I hate like hot cinnamon should be sweet belong with churros be a nice little like hot chocolate edition yeah i i hate the smell um notoriously hobby lobby's got that smell too you walk in the door it's like that cinnamon cloves i hate it It gives me a headache within a minute uh that that's by far my least favorite thing of the holiday season
1: honestly not a bad call i i never realized what my problem was with it um i do have a, a small problem with it not as big of a problem as you, I don't think it would make my top ten least favorite things about the holiday season, but I do, I do think that it's an overrated scent, and I do think that it gets a, a little overused this time of year. And I also think that you kind of helped me pinpoint this just now. Hearing you talk about it was cathartic for me because I love cinnamon. I'm like a cinnamon guy. I put, you know, I put cinnamon in my coffee every day. It's a very nice flavor, and and cinnamon powder and, and natural cinnamon, cinnamon sticks, cinnamon flavored desserts. They aren't spicy. They aren't usually they aren't spicy or like you said, pungent. There's almost like a, it cuts like a knife. Like if it's in the room, it's the only thing you're going to smell. Um, so I think that's a great call um, in a world where I'm going to sort of do you have anything more to say about about your hatred for artificial cinnamon smells or do you should we keep it
0: moving? Oh, no, man, that's it, bro. That's all I, I was going to say I love real cinnamon, but yeah, that that's got to love it. And I feel like, you know what I'm talking about. 100%. Like When it looks like death red, like the candle is like, like molten lava red. I already know. I know I'm like, this is going to be the worst. Yeah. I can't stand it.
1: It's definitely a bit, it feels a bit forced. It feels a bit like we're, we're really trying to, you know, send that home, that, that, that cinnamon smell home, but in a world where, and this is going to tie into, I'll get to some of my favorite things in this segue, because when it's the holiday season, you can't have one favorite thing. Um, but I will say that in a world where, like, pine candles exist, where you can light a candle that smells like a Christmas tree, and it they really capture that smell, dude. And I bought one. We, Me and Rox bought Christmas at Hogwarts candles from Universal Studios. Oh, my God, dude. I, we, we lit it last night, and I was, like, in heaven. I was, like, in heaven. I, I was, like, can this candle just be under my nose? Like, is that weird if I just hold it? <laughs> like – it was so great. So in a world where that smell exists, don't use the fraudulent, overpowering, spicy cinnamon smell.
0: Yeah, anti-cinnamon podcast here. Yeah. Um, favorite things when it comes to Christmas time. Uh, I just I just love the snow, man. And and wow. that's that's hurts in LA because we're not hurt. gonna get any. I'll no. be back in Colorado over Christmas time, so I'll get nice. my share of, of white Christmas. Good. but there's it's just I think the overall aesthetic you know of of having like I grew up in an area where during Christmas time it's pine trees and mountains and that dusting of snow over everything, yeah, and then you add the Christmas lights in there, and like the the crisp just the overall feel of the crisp air, the hot chocolate yeah that like the the feel of the holiday season is my favorite part of it. Just yeah. having that overall ambiance visual aspect of everything just really hits home for me and makes it feel so comforting. That that's that's number one for me. Either.
1: Yeah. It almost kind of feels like um like you're going for like the vibe, like the the holiday, like the weather, the the aura, like the air, like yeah, it, it's almost like the energy in the world, like like the energy from the weather, from the outdoors, from the surroundings. Um the, the Christmas lights are nice. Um, so no, that's definitely a great pick. That's definitely a great call. Um, you use the word dusting and being from where I'm from, dusting of snow doesn't exist. It's either a, a, I would say the word heap or like pile. Um, and it's usually pretty dangerous. So I I have a love hate relationship with the snow because for me, when it was like a bad snow day, like, you know, I've, I've been places where they're like, this is pretty rough and it's like two inches and. You can make snowmen and, you know, you get you get school off. But for me, didn't matter if it was negative weather, didn't matter if it was three feet, you were trudging to school with your Nike boots or your Timberlands. And you were you were you know, you were marching through the snow like you were, you know, on your last trek. And it, it didn't matter. Um, and it, it was brutal and it was unsafe. But, you know, it is beautiful. So I, I can't I can't knock that at being your favorite pick because because I, I I love the the, the winter chill um, when I go back to New York this time of year um, I spend as much time outside as I can um, I have bad skin I have dry skin so like that part sucks but the the aura you're right there's something about the, the harsh unforgiving nature of the air it's so it's so cruel and and cold and but it's like also so beautiful and feels so good so that's a really great pick Um I'll round this out. If you got any more, feel free to send them off. But I do have to say, there is nothing quite like getting a really thoughtful present for somebody you love and getting to share that with them. That's something that I also really love. Um, I know people like you and I, that's one of the things we love to do. We're, we're like th- those kind of people. We're, we're um, givers. So when we get to give, that's kind of an awesome thing. And then the getting is a nice bonus. Let's let's be real. here. Like, you know, I love to be all... You know, oh, I'm I'm so virtuous. Giving gifts is it, but giving is giving is awesome too. Receiving presents kicks ass. Um, I'm a big present guy. Yeah, I love big presents. Present um, so you know, like I said, I love to pre- I love to feign uh uh virtuousness, but I also love uh also love me some presents too. Um, but that's that's a pretty solid family time. Obviously, family time like that goes without saying. I think it's kind of baked into our picks, but um, outstanding, outstanding uh, calls today on the, uh, on the holiday vibes for sure. It's got me excited.
0: Well, at the heart of it, we're a sports podcast, so it's time to move into that. So they say, um, yeah, so they say 15 minutes of holiday stuff, yeah, but we're, we're, we're here anyway. Yes, sir. Um, got a daily special of the day, the roast of the day up on the board here. Uh, we're going to do an NFL check-in. We'll, we'll cover both NBA and NFL today on the show, uh, getting into that habit as the season's getting a swing. Uh, we're a versatile podcast Big here. Time. Um, but we're going to do just a little NFL check-in. Uh, we are over halfway through the season. Week 13 is upon us now. Um, for fantasy football, that means playoffs are right around the corner. For NFL, that means the playoff picture is starting to round out. No one's technically clinched yet, but there are opportunities for teams to start clinching playoffs soon. Um, and I just want to check in kind of see what we have, takeaways off this last week, uh, fantasy football stuff moving forward do you have anything you want to get off the top of your top of your head
1: well you know i mean i'd be remiss if i didn't obviously just address the elephant in the room we haven't talked about it it's been a month um yeah no i mean it definitely sucks being a bills fan right now i'll be real um and i don't want to you know lament too much because you know they've been one of the most successful regular season teams for the last five years and you know I grew grew up, I didn't know, growing up, I didn't even know what the playoffs felt like. So it's definitely hard to uh, put into words the fear of missing it at this point. Um, You know, five years into your run, you got a uh, QB in his prime. Yes, injuries have been bad, but we've seen the opportunities there for the Bills to sort of seize this, uh, this playoff spot and they haven't. So it's been pretty, pretty heart wrenching for me, um, to say the least. Um, But also too, at the same time, you know, I try to take away good things and I try to be positive i mean i guess maybe what might be cathartic for me is uh non-biased you know because twitter is the most toxic place in the world actually maybe the second most toxic place in the world behind mainstream sports media when you're looking for rational or weighted takes those are the top two places not to go i'm
0: not sure you've been on reddit enough oh so you might be right that, yeah i think you might that should take the cake yeah i
1: think you might be right actually but but just i'd love to open up the floor for you to just you know say your thoughts on it and maybe we can have a very small dialogue before we we put that to rest we, we just get that cathartic catharsis out and then and then move on
0: yeah i'll touch in on the bills i i think i can wrap in with a little bit of a of a playoff picture as well mm-hmm. into that conversation mm-hmm. um It's disappointing what the Bills are doing this season. Not necessarily because it's anything outside, like in their control. They obviously have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, your team automatically has the expectations of immense success. Yeah, You see that from the Chiefs. Obviously, you see that from the Eagles. You see that from the Ravens you have that expectations of what you should be when you have a franchise quarterback. Yeah. What, what I think we're seeing from the Bills is how that can go wrong. They're not the first team that has had that. The Ravens are also buoyed by a defense that's causing more sacks than any team in the NFL. The yeah. Chiefs have arguably one of the best bend-don't-break defenses in the NFL as well. Eagles, defensive line, offensive line, there's so many things going right for these teams that... Yes, of course. Those teams, all three of them, their quarterbacks are leaving, leading the NFL in the MVP conversation. But that's not the reason necessarily. Those teams are so successful. It's because they have everything, and what yeah. we're seeing with the Bills, and what we're what we have seen, I think, in my opinion, is with the Chargers. Th- those two are now becoming one and the same team in my eyes. Where you have Justin Herbert is a great quarterback who has been let down by the rest of his team around him and the coaching. You've seen that now with the Bills, where you have Stephon Diggs, who's a clear-cut number one, parallel to Keenan Allen, who's a clear-cut number one. The number two on both of those teams has been in question. Mike Williams has been hurt for so long. He's very talented when he's on the field. Yeah, But similar to a Gabe Davis, where he has games, he explodes, 100%. and then he has games where he's completely unreliable. Um yep. Obviously, the Chargers have had Austin Eckler for the last couple of years, but that doesn't mean their run game has been astounding. He is more of a pass-catching running back. They've had holes there. And then on the defensive side, you have a defense that's giving up a lot of points. Chargers' defense notoriously has dealt with injuries. They've had such brutal season-ending luck with cornerbacks going down, um, safeties going down, linebackers. You're now seeing that this year with the Bills, where they're having players go down for the season, and they don't have the depth behind it to to back that up. It's hard to have that depth behind it, to be able to back it up.
1: Yeah. So where you're
0: seeing these teams get put in the same situation now, where you have a quarterback that's a franchise quarterback that is being let down by the rest of his team. So the expectations are still super high coming into the season. And when those injuries happen, those depths happen, and the offense wasn't set up to be what it was before, you're going to be let down when they're out of the playoff picture halfway through the season.
1: Yeah, man. And it's devastating, right? It's absolutely devastating. I think you did a great job hitting the nail on the head though. I mean, I definitely think you got to look at, obviously not to be this type of person, but like, I mean, injuries are the biggest factor in their defensive decline. That's pretty obvious. I mean, they have three essential all pros on IR. That's, that's hard to sustain for anybody. Like you said, you could even have depth and, and that that's a different level of depth required to survive that kind of of a hit Um, you know Von Miller is a shell of his former self Um, I'm personally very pleased with what I've seen from Joe Brady I think if they made the Dorsey move a little sooner they might be in a little bit better of a position the offense is humming once again because the offense was believe it or not as depleted as their defense is the offense was who was letting them down in the majority of their disgusting losses this season you know um, not not the case uh, against Philly but but in the majority of their losses this season. So to know that they're 12 men on the field penalty at the end of the game away from being in a playoff spot and they're you know not losing in overtime. I guess Gabe Davis or Josh Allen miscommunicating on a game winning touchdown in overtime against the Eagles um away from being, you know, a, an eyelash away from first place. And that's the we've talked about the margins a lot on this show. The margins are slim in the NFL. It's the one of the greatest professional leagues in the world. Um, and that's, that's what's got them where they are is small mental miscues. And I do think that comes down to coaching, um, my piece on the McDermott thing, a lot, a lot of very popular, very popular opinion among bills, mafia that Sean McDermott should be fired. Um, I've been sort of in and out of that headspace for the last couple of weeks. Um, it's really hard because you don't get where you are without a McDermott but I don't necessarily know also if you get where you want to go with the McDermott. Um, so that's kind of my, I'm a little torn. The Andy Reed discourse when he was in Philly and he made it to four consecutive NFC championships. And then he got fired around that time when he was still at, at, at the height of regular season success, because he couldn't close in the postseason. I don't know if he becomes Andy Reed with the chiefs without getting let go and without changing his ways a little bit. So I do kind of think of, Sean McDermott in a similar vein. If things are going to, if the ship does get righted while McDermott is with the Bills, then that's obviously the ideal thing. But I don't know if it's possible.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, basically all we need to talk about. We yeah,
1: hundred percent. Good, good, good. Thank you. That was my therapy. You, we can move on. We can. I, my my heart is open and poured out. And there's a lot of other great stuff to talk about. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it.
0: I think uh, you are closer to dealing with the Chargers situation than you might feel um, deep at heart as a Bills fan, but that that is where I see what they're heading right now is disappointment by those small mistakes, the mismanagements of games. The, the Brandon Staley issues are starting to rear their heads for the Bills and they're not being as covered up by the greatness and talent of the players as it has been, because they've yeah. had those mental mistakes and still been a great team. Yeah, um, You're right. They're they're not being held up by Josh Allen hero ball all the time. That still is happening. Yeah, but it's not the same. And I think there's a lot of comparisons between those two teams that are be able to learn from their mistakes.
1: Yeah, I do hope to God it's not that. Like I do hope to God that it's like like you said, beginning stages of. I hope there's like some sort of like a uh, an experimental pill or surgery that we can have that prevents us from going full staley because that would be my nightmare. That would be my waking there's, nightmare.
0: There's no team that's won, that's lost single-point games more than the Chargers. There is none. They are yeah. the number one in the NFL losing single-point games, and that's what's killing the Bills right now as well, is yeah. losing those single-point games, and that comes down to errors throughout the game. Yeah. Uh, let's talk some of the rest of the playoff picture, though. Um, oh, yeah. The AFC is super interesting because it really is. Mean, there's three teams in the AFC North in the playoff picture of the Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Browns, obviously on a little bit of a fall right now, um, but the Steelers should be able to walk into the playoffs again. That's interesting. They've fired Matt Canada, had their first 400 yard game of yep. the entire season the week after. They've got the Cardinals this week. That's a very winnable of a match for them. They could be eight and four before we know it. And there's there's some big races going on. Both the Texans and the Broncos are in the playoff bubble right now. Broncos Insane. on a just absolute six game tear, right? Maybe tear. five games? Yeah, I think it's a five. Five game tear. They have the Texans this week. That's a super, super pivotal matchup. Oh, I can't wait to watch both that. Both of those teams. Yeah, both of those teams are on the bubble. Um, Texans have lost two straight, but. To say that they aren't competitive would be a lie. And the Broncos obviously are looking like the team that we thought they were going to be last year. Yeah. So I think that's huge. That's my matchup of the week that I'm really paying attention to. I really want to see CJ Stroud versus Russ, six and five teams in the AFC. This game could have huge, huge implications on the AFC playoff race because I do think either the Colts, Browns, could fall out of the playoff picture and be replaced by the broncos texans based on the performance of those teams i do know the colts just had a nice game and took one home but i do think they could fall out of the bubble so i'm watching that game intensely cj stroud russell wilson the revamped broncos the new era texans i'm zoned in on that one
1: Dude, hell yeah, man. And I I got so much love for the Texans and C.J. Stroud. You know that, man. Like, that was my preseason darling. We were arguing about whether or not they had done enough to arrive prior to this season. And I couldn't, even me, who was like their biggest truth, they're banging the drum. I could not have foreseen just how great they've been. And it's been awesome to watch. And D'Amico Ryans is a great coach. And Stroud's a great QB. And their weapons are amazing. And they got pieces. Um, Very, very... Excited to watch them just continue to fight to get into the playoffs. Um, Stroud creeping up that MVP list every time you see it. He's a little closer to the top. Um, It's definitely, definitely. They're getting people fired. The CJ Stroud pick and how much of a home run it's been is, it got Frank Reich fired. Um, Can we talk
0: about the fact that Texans fans need to apologize to Lovey Smith because he saved their franchise?
1: Literally, bro. Literally, and people don't get it. He,
0: without Lovey Smith, he knew he was losing his job last season. He came in, won the game that lost them the dominated. number one overall pick. And and because they lost the number one overall pick, I think they stumbled into CJ Stroud. Because yeah. I think if they had the number one overall pick, you, I can't say this for certain, of course, but they probably would have picked Young because they would have had the same scenario where you have maybe a coach that likes CJ Stroud better but you have pressure from the organization to take the more surefire pick maybe if you show if you throw Bryce Young behind this Texans team he's better I imagine he would be you you give him Nico Collins you give him Tank Dell in an offensive line he's probably better but it would be pretty asinine to say that he would be outperforming what we've seen from CJ Stroud so the the absolute hate lovey smith got last season for winning winning that game losing the number one overall pick may have saved the franchise
1: dude it's so crazy because you gotta you always have to wait to see how things play out bro people always say like oh this team fleeced that team oh this that or the other it's like yo it's sports nothing is a certainty man and you know there's that there's that um old old proverb uh the the farmer who said maybe so maybe not like you know lovey smith you know, everybody thought it was a terrible thing that they went from one to two. But Levy Smith said, maybe so, maybe not. And he was right. Look at look at him now. Look at CJ Stroud balling, looking like a top already, you could say top 10 QB. Probably by the end of the season might play his way into the top five conversation. And that's not crazy. That's completely not crazy. And it's awesome to to watch given that, you know, look, I'll be out on a lot of limbs in my analyst career. This is the first year I was, you know, blasting my takes publicly. That's a t- that's a I will victory lap that one until dad die because I I don't know why I just had a really good feeling about the Texans team and and they look they look the part man they look I I I would hate to see them not make the playoffs even though my favorite team is going to be vying for one of those spots I would hate to see the Texans not make it.
0: They're on the right path. I I do think this game against the Broncos will be very pivotal. Big test, um,
1: big test because that defense the, is nasty.
0: Yeah, they're they're not seen the right way because of what happened early in the season, losing 70 to 20 to the Dolphins, Mm -hmm. having one of the worst defenses in NFL history through the first couple weeks. Um, But they're not that team anymore. They're not letting that up. They are doing much better against the run. They're very good against the pass. They can lock down a number one option. There are very few teams in the NFL that, i believe can truly shut down a number one option the patriots used to be one i don't think they have that capability anymore but the broncos are um they Plus have sertan? the ability yeah they have the ability to put sertan Clamped. and bracket coverage with a safety in justin simmons or kareem jackson when he's not suspended for trying to murder people being a being um, a, <laughs> an yeah, assassin yeah <laughs> um but they they have that ability and we've seen that the last couple of weeks that they've been winning these matchups that they can lock down your number one option. And they're forcing teams to win other ways. And I think that is going to be really telling against this Texans team because CJ Stroud has shown the ability to spread the ball around. Yeah. Yes, Tank Dell has had an absolute terror of a couple games. But let's not forget at the beginning of the season, Nico Collins was that guy. Nico Collins was the one ripping. We've seen um, them have success at the tight end position. They can spread this ball around. It's going to be a huge test for the Broncos who make teams play to another position by using Sertan and some bracket coverage on top. And then the Broncos are going to have some questions on offense. The Texans' defense is not incredible. Uh, you say what you will about the team; they've they have a lot of fight. Yeah, it's um, not incredible. Though. That's a good. That's a good way to. That's a good word for it. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're they're letting up twenty plus points a game
1: pretty easily. They're kind and of the the Achilles heel of the team right now.
0: Yeah, they they need some growth. I mean, we just saw Trevor Lawrence shred them. Like yeah. he he had three hundred yards basically by halftime. Yeah. Um, and Russell Wilson has looked better. So if, if I'm having to pick this game, I don't know who I'm going to pick because. It's just going to be a match of two who can who can cover their weaknesses enough. Can can the Broncos' offense get rolling enough against this Texans' defense to win them the game? And can the Texans find a way to get through the D, the Broncos' defense shutting down the number one option? We're excited to see it.
1: Oh, dude, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal pick for for game of the week. I love I love where your head is at. We kind of combined two segments, but I'm not mad at it. I'll jump in. I got a game, Zach, that I'm excited to watch. Um, I can't wait to watch the rematch of the ages. Uh, the biggest shit talk bowl, maybe in NFL history. I don't know if I've ever seen two teams talk about each other as much in the lead up to a game. And that is 49ers Eagles. Um, the amount of vitriol between these teams from the playoff, from the NFC championship matchup. That wasn't really, let's be honest. We did not get a game because of Brock Purdy's torn UCL, um, in the NFC championship game last year. Uh, Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, Christian McCaffrey, everybody's got something to say about the, the fact that these teams are facing off this weekend. They are probably the two best teams in the NFL right now. It's pretty unbelievable that they're going full speed ahead, full tilt into each other, coming off of last week, where you know the 49ers dusted up the Seahawks and the Eagles took care of the Bills in OT. Um, it really is looking like could be potentially one of the most, uh, you know passionate one of the most uh i don't want to say violent cuz you know i think these teams are pretty from what i've gathered they're pretty relatively classy um but there's going to be some there's going to be some extra little shoves and 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 whispers sweet whispers in in the ears of the players after after every play for sure
0: yeah this one's great um i i'm also super excited to watch this the 49ers were on a bit of a losing streak for a little bit they're losing streak i say it was like two or three games it was three games still eight and, and it three. looked
1: a little scary it looked a little bit like you know okay that's three games is a pretty big sample size you lose three straight games and they kind of weren't really looking too great in those losses so that's a that's a legit slump but man have they course corrected
0: yeah bounce back super quickly um they handled the jaguars and then last week um Oh my God! Who did they play last week? They had Thanksgiving football, didn't they? Yeah, they, they? played no, they the did Seahawks. Did they? Yeah. Oh, they Dushed absolutely them. manhandled the Seahawks. That's why um, I didn't remember because the
1: other team yeah, didn't it even show up. game.
0: Talk about a team that is on the downslide is the Seahawks. But I'm really super excited. I think the Eagles showed a lot of weakness in the first half against the Bills. Um, obviously, they came storming back, winning that game. Yeah, and just an incredible surge from that team. Um, This is a team of very similar teams to me where their strength is the offensive line the defensive line and then Both of these offenses have shown that they can struggle. Um, The 49ers obviously are a little bit more consistent But when McCaffrey's not rolling or if one of these receiving threats are out like what we saw when Debo Samuel was off the field They they have a tendency not to click the same. It's true. very a symbiotic offense where they rely on every position um right now they have everybody so i think this would be a really really great game and the eagles are kind of similar this offense runs through aj brown devonta smith and then a little bit of deandre swift and that's it yeah you got you got to get those guys clicking and you got to keep hurts off the ground and the 49ers have a really good d line the eagles have a really good d line so this is just going to be a bloodbath, in my opinion. I think it's going to be just two teams coming at each other's throats, like you said.
1: Yeah, I think we should. I think we should predict. I got the Niners in this one. I, I think. I think you're right. The Eagles showed a lot of, a lot of weaknesses on tape, and and really they they kind of got bailed out in that game. Let's be real. I mean, I don't want to just say refs, but they got bailed out in general. That was not a winning effort that they put forth against Buffalo in a game that they won, which is a credit to their grit, their championship mentality, and also good coaching. Um, but I don't think the 49ers are going to um, beat themselves the way the Bills did. I, I think I think the 49ers are going to take care of Philly this weekend.
0: This is going to be a tough one to predict. For Call your shot. Me look at the, let me look at the betting lines. Take a, a look, and then I'll
1: favorite. also I'll also throw out my prediction for the other game. I, I think Denver's going to get in Stroud's head a little bit. I do. And I, I, think, I think that the Broncos – I think they're just the sh- the shocking who would a who would have thunk it second half team of the year we have one every year. I think Denver is that team this year, and I think they I think they take care of business, and I don't want to predict that because I love the Texans they're my they're my um adopted team, but um I think they got em. i th- I think Denver's got them
0: Do we know who the home team is for these matchups? I believe it's in Denver right, and it's in San Francisco for the 49ers. I
1: think that's correct
0: right now denver are three and a half point dogs in this game texans are the favorites um over under 47 and a half i agree with you i think the broncos can win this game they have so much momentum riding um russ more importantly russ is just not making mistakes he had a super costly fumble um no no i'm sorry i'm thinking of the wrong game he's not making mistakes i was about to say he fumbled against the browns but i actually don't don't know if he did or not who are you Um, talking about russell wilson oh but he's He's not making mistakes he's not turning the ball over no even even on his big toss the ball up to the wide receiver he's throwing really safe balls it's either the wide receiver's getting it or nobody's getting it
1: and he's throwing them man he's he's throwing those old russell moon balls that end up in those those moon balls it's beautiful to watch and and it it does. It, it it's a thorn in my side that uh you know he w- he was so sharp against Buffalo, but he really was. He was fl- he was doing little shovel passes, he was throwing dimes, bro.
0: Playing Russell's, with confidence, man. He's there. He's playing back with the confidence. That's he Russell and Sean Payton are starting to click together. Um, I really like what I'm seeing out of Denver. I th- I think I would take the Broncos here too. I think they can. They would be remiss not to get jerry judy a little more involved yeah not that i think he's a stud because i i don't i don't think he's a number one i think what they're using with sutton as the possession guy is great but i would love to see jerry judy be getting a little more involved on the down the field stuff maybe some some quick slants or double moves that type of thing because i think there is something that can be unlocked with jerry judy as more of a deep threat that they're not using um same could be said with Marvin Mims. Obviously, he's a he's a rookie, so a little bit more development there. Yeah. But I think they have a tier of this offense that hasn't been unlocked with the Russell deep balls. Um, I don't think he's the same player he was in Seahawks to th- rip those moon balls, but I, I do You're think there's a them. little bit more there. Yeah. I think we might see that against the Texans. They have been definitely like subject to letting up big plays in the passing game. So yeah. if we see a little bit of that clicking on the Denver offense, that'll open up the run game. And I think they can win this game. Hell yeah. 49ers Eagles, different ball game. 49ers are three point favorites. Um, this is in San Francisco, 46 and a half point over under. That's a nice I'm little, little line. He- I'm hesitant to think it goes up there. I, I think this might, I, we talked about this against the chiefs 49ers game. I said that it was going to be just, a little bit of a rumble in the trenches and we saw that come through it was a little bit of like a a low scoring game i think we could see something similar to that here um and i think the eagles can still win this i do i i think a three and a half point underdog is tough for a team that is top of their division with one loss so one. far in the season yeah
1: yeah um so that's your pick you're picking you're picking philly
0: I'm not sure the 49ers can stop AJ Brown and DeVonta Smith the same way that I think. DeVonta Smith the, is an
1: animal, dude. That dude gets open.
0: He's a good and receiver. And AJ Brown is is due. He's, he's due. due.
1: That's the thing. Yeah. He's been he's been kept in check for a couple weeks now.
0: The 49ers are weak against outside receivers. They have a little bit of a hole there at cornerback. And if anybody's going to exploit that, it's going to be A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Yeah, The addition of Kevin Byard to this Philadelphia defense should not be overlooked because they were were suspect against opposing tight ends. And he has been just doing so well in that coverage. I think he will match up nicely with Kittle. They already have a good run defense, which will help mitigate CMC. That's all you can do. Um, But I, I do think that this Eagles defense is at least set up to limit what the 49ers do more than what the 49ers are set up to limit the, the Eagles.
1: Yeah, no dude. I think, I think these picks for games of the week are very, very exciting and I cannot wait to see how they play out.
0: Before we hop over to NBA. Yeah. um, Let's talk about that NFC playoff hunt. So right now, In the playoffs, you have Eagles, 49ers, Lions, Falcons, Jesus Christ. Gross. Um, Cowboys, Seahawks, and Vikings are still in there at the seventh spot.
1: Vikings clinging. Crazy.
0: Six and six. Um, But on the bubble here, you have Packers knocking on the door, five and six, after their big win against Detroit. The Packers are on the bubble. Yo, the NFC sucks. The NFC (laughs) sucks. The NFC is tough. There's 11 teams it, in the
1: AFC that deserve to be playoff teams. There's 5 in the NFC. That's crazy. I,
0: I think the Packers are actually it's just super interesting. They have been rolling lately. They just beat out the Lions on Thanksgiving. And handedly
1: too. But win. they've had such a tough stretch this year. I, there was a point in time this is a victory lap for you, but there was a point in time where it looked like Jordan Love wasn't didn't belong on an NFL field. And he's kind of course corrected pretty strongly actually he's looked
0: he has looked really well he's running that michael fur offense the way that Lafleur probably wanted rogers to run that offense
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> um mm-hmm.
0: but more importantly than that the packers schedule just leaves them the opportunity to win out right now cupcake like that's that's the real question the vikings have some tough matchups they played detroit twice in the last couple weeks of the season i can see them losing both those games yeah uh with the quarterback play we saw from Dobbs on Monday night, yeah, there was a lot of weakness there, and
1: it sucks because he's been so he's such a great story, and I'll root for him until you know I'll t- I'll follow him to the ends of the earth, bro. He's such a fun story, but he a lot of people yep. are calling it the pumpkining, like he turned into a pumpkin
0: <laughs> on Monday night. Weakness. I think yeah. Matt Harmon tweeted. He he said. Uh, the more Josh Dobbs got to know the players, the worse he got. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yep. Facts.
1: Seemingly. Yeah. Once you start knowing people's names, once you start, it kind of throws it off a little bit.
0: But this week, the Packers take on the Chiefs. That's, that's a big test. Obviously, if they win that game, that's a huge boost to their season. Sure. Then they'll deserve that,
1: to be in that wildcard spot for sure.
0: Right. After that, you have Giants. Winnable. Should win. If should they win. lose that game, Will what win. are we talking about? Let's
1: just, let's just wrap it up.
0: Buccaneers. Winnable for sure. Mm,
1: it's a little tougher. They're that team tougher. is tougher, tougher,
0: tougher for sure. But but winnable. If you winnable, can beat the Lions, you can beat the Buccaneers, and then they've got Panthers, Vikings, Bears to close out the season. And that should be.
1: Yeah, you're, you're right. I didn't even realize it, but you're right. It's so weird how the schedule makers control this so much, and by that I mean the AI machine that makes the schedules now,
0: the perfect schedule.
1: But those those matchups are are. That is setting the team up for a run, for sure.
0: It is definitely, and and you're seeing a similar type schedule from the Rams, who I think are the other interesting team on that bubble. What's their record the Rams right now? This week, uh, the Rams right now are five and six as well, same as the Packers.
1: So they're right in the thick of it, man. Yeah, and then who who else? I, I cut you off, but who else is in, on that bubble? Anybody else?
0: Uh, the Saints are really the only other team on there. The Buccaneers are four and seven. But mm-hmm. the Saints are five and six, but they're on a, a large losing streak right now and they're which, taking on the Lions this week.
1: Not 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 that hard to see coming from the Saints because you know they were showing signs of regression even in their wins. But though I will say I don't think you can count them out in the South. I think the South is going to come down to one of those, oh, it makes me want to gag thinking about it, but one of those week 18, which team will win, like sort of situations. Like I think it's going to be not cute at all. And I think there's a very high likelihood that a 9 and 8, 8 and 9, or God forbid, a 7 and 10 team will be in the playoffs this year.
0: Yeah, they're going to have to be. That division is terrible. Disgusting. But we could talk about how Derek Carr might be the worst quarterback in the red zone in the entire NFL. Can we, can we talk about that? He had 300 plus yards against the Falcons this week, zero touchdowns.
1: Dude, Chris Olave was Nothing. carving them up. I did hate to see him go out when he did. I think Chris Olave was in in store for a 200-yard-plus game. Yeah, he,
0: was, he was really – and he was close, actually. He was two, like, hair string tackles away from touchdowns on some of those plays, too. Ugh. So, But Derek Carr, it's like between the 20s, he's Derek Carr. Yeah. And then once you get in the red zone – he immediately forgets how to play football. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's like watching it's like watching a Jekyll and Hyde quarterback where he gets in the red zone and he's just like, let me throw the ball away. I don't. Alvin I think he Kamara. just tightens
1: up. Yeah, I think he's just nervous. You know, he doesn't want to like turn the ball over. Like, but honestly, how can
0: you be nervous in like your tenth season in the NFL playing the Falcons? <laughs> he's like, you need to get a Handle on that.
1: I'm Novi. I no, but it's bad. It's not a good look for Carr um, at this stage of his career, um, especially with the weapons that the Saints have. Look. Olave being out aside, Thomas going on IR side that that does suck. But like you know, you still are looking at. I love Rashid Shahid. Um, At Perry's come on so
0: strong. Shahid also went out with an injury that game. Oh
1: shit! Okay, you know, let's cut him a little slack, Zach.
0: I'm not cutting him any slack. No, you still no. no, no, At Perry, Juwan
1: Johnson, Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, you still got to punch it in. Like I mean, let's. You're right. You're right. But
0: you brought this up coming this season. I disagreed with you, but you said this was the best supporting cast Derek Carr has ever had. I still think his amari cooper michael crabtree days were his best supporting cast but let's say this is his best supporting cast he's done nothing he's done absolutely nothing to show me that he is deserving of the contract they gave him he can't he can't win them games he that's he's not winning them games he's not really lose he will lose them games sometimes but the getting down to the red zone not being able to score, some of the decisions he's making in these games, the absolute reliance on checkdowns behind the line of scrimmage to keep this flowing is is infuriating. And if this was the best supporting cast up until this last week where all the injuries came in through, I am more than disappointed in the Derek Carr experiment. In- I
1: think that's pretty fair. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that it hasn't been a resounding success. Um, ultimately, we can't really make the judgment until the chips are down. Um, that's kind of the weird place we're in right now because we have so much of the season to unpack, but that last quarter is where so many things unravel. It's the witching hour of the season. So, you know, we do kind of have to wait and see how it plays out. I will say respectfully, if they make the playoffs, regardless of whether or not Derek Carr is the reason or not, I kind of think you kind of have to look at the experiment as a success because it means they took the division back, which would be a big deal given that the falcons have accumulated some of the most talent i've ever seen on the offensive side of the ball and them not making the playoffs would be a collapse of monumental proportions given what they're up against it's almost like we've we've said it before but uh, a lot of people i don't know where i think it might be scott hansen who says it's the someone's gotta win at division so you you're the winner of that and great all is dandy you won your division that's what you should set out to do every year you should set out to make the playoffs, win your division, win a playoff game, go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, in that order. If you win the, if you win your division, you did something right, regardless of whether or not you fell ass backwards into it. You do have to, you can only play who's across from you. That is something you have to think about. Um, but that being said, one of those two teams, the Saints or the Falcons, are going to come out of this year looking like a putz, for sure.
0: Arguably, I think both of them are playoff implications aside it's it's they both have answers i mean have questions that are going to be unanswered the falcons i don't think have a quarterback that can win them playoff games no. and the saints i just don't think they have a team that can win them playoff games
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see i'm i'm looking forward to watching the rest of that division play out because it's just such a suck fest yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> gross term dude <laughs> just a gross term
1: oh i don't i don't i guess i never thought of what that meant other than just a fest that sucked but i kind of think i'm picking up what you're putting out and i'm also grossed out now thank you for no that problem sorry um, listeners for zach's you. dirty mind
0: not my fault I didn't <laughs> it up. um news here though this morning aaron Rodgers is officially activated off the ir His 21-day window is opened. Pretty interesting. He has three weeks. Uh, He was just on the Pat McAfee show, as he always tends to be on the Pat McAfee show. Why not, right?
1: Just stirring up trouble.
0: Yep. And he said him coming back would rely on the Jets' playoff chances as well as his health. There's a chance at the end of this 21 days that he doesn't play football um, because the Jets are 4-7, and they are third in their own division. They're not gonna um, contend. They they don't have a quarterback without Rodgers. That's very, very clear. Tim Boyle's getting another start this week. That feels like doubling down on a bad, bad. decision.
1: Bad. Why not they Trevor Simeon? Why not Trevor Simeon? He was fine when he was a starter.
0: At this point, put back Zach Wilson. I don't even I don't even care. He's better than Tim Boyle.
1: But is he better than Trevor Simeon? Is we don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Yeah, why why but are they not just giving Simeon a shot? It's very bizarre.
0: You have the Falcons this week, which with the Jets team, that's that's a winnable game. They can beat the Falcons this week. They, they just should. need semi decent play from their quarterback, which they can't get.
1: They've beaten a but lot then, of good teams this year, let's be real. They should have beat the Chiefs. That's a, that's a fine team. They've been sucking recently, lately.
0: They've been getting exposed. Yeah, Bills dominated them. Dominated Jets them. I mean not Jets. Dolphins, arguably that game was closer than it should have been, but then the second half, Dolphins just took it away.
1: You know, Um, I I will say the defense kept them in the game. That Hail Mary The defense is great. The Hail Mary pick six was insane. Bro, like that was it was a three-point game at half.
0: But that's what we see every week from the Jets. Their defense plays half. They get exhausted. They start getting beat up because their offense can't stay on the field. And then they get dog walked in the second half because the defense is doing all of the work. Not to mention, two of their next three games are the Texans and the Dolphins again. Yeah, You're telling me in that 21 days, they're going to say, oh, we're back in the playoffs. Come on, Aaron Rodgers. Get out here. Let's play some football.
1: Do not take them to the table. They will send the steak back. They are so well done. That it's not even funny i guess rogers coming back just to get a feel for the organization get some practice reps test out the leg a little bit i'm not mad at it
0: but do you play him you can't Fuck if, no if you're out of the playoff conversation are you going to bring back a quarterback right off an achilles injury no even the smallest of how much money you have invested in him the smallest chance that he re-aggravates that knee injury, not a chance what are you doing? Let don't him just warm up him. with the boys. Just let him
1: just let him just chill out. Let him just throw his jersey on. Let him throw his pads on. But don't throw him in the game.
0: realistically, they have to win out. If they lose this game, it's toast. They're toast. Yeah. yeah. Big time. And yes, they can win this game, but he's probably not coming back next week. And then you're, you're probably getting beat by the Texans. Yeah. It's just they're done. Yeah. I don't on know. Coach, I don't see 100%. it. I don't get the reason for him necessarily being activated so the early. activation
1: doesn't bother me so much i do think there's value in taking the mental reps like prepping again like this is, let's not forget this is his first year on a new team first year with new teammates he's gonna have a chance to uh, establish himself a little bit more in the locker room establish a routine get comfortable again but it's almost like the kind of thing do you ever see those games where like somebody's suiting up like maybe a good comp would be like in the preseason when like a starter is suited up but they're not playing, and it's like, okay, what are we doing here? You're really just wasting a roster spot. I almost think that because the Jets' season has already lost anyway, you might as well just let Rodgers play dress up and let him, you know, throw the pads on, throw the jersey on, let him let him warm up with the team, and then and then put him on ice. And even if even if your starter gets hurt, oops, you're still starting a wide receiver over Aaron Rodgers at QB because you're not letting that Achilles so you're get not putting him get in the game Not a chance.
0: Even opinion. more annoying though, this means that I have to take him off my IR spots in my dynasty. That. That's,
1: that's what's, that's why Zach's pissed about this.
0: Of course that's why I'm that's pissed That's why it. Zach's like, pissed. What are you doing? Like that's keep funny. him on there. I don't, it's so funny. I don't want him on my roster if he's not playing. Right. And, and Jets fans, if they win this week, if, if you win against the Falcons this week, there's a push for him to play. If he is clear, if he genuinely, if he genuinely is cleared, they say he's cleared for functional football activity. If they beat the Falcons, they push for him to play against C.J. Stroud and the Texans. We'll be there, and that's going to come down to Rogers and the training staff, and really what they what they f- really think he can do, because then you play the Dolphins, Commanders, Browns. I don't know. I think the Jets season is toast. I don't know why they bring him back out there.
1: It's definitely a bit questionable, but you know, I see the value from a mental side, from a a habit process side, but it's almost more ceremonious and symbolic than anything else. I think.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know why you bring him back. So
1: no, I'm with you on that one. But, but from a mental side, I get it though.
0: Well, let's hop over to the M- NBA. We've, yes, we've ranted on about NFL long enough. It was
1: great. It was fun. Um, we had a lot of great, great little segues there. A lot of great little rabbit holes there.
0: So we're going to finish off with the NBA with a little bit of what we're feeling on the in-season tourney, man. This is the first yeah. year they've ever done it. It's a new concept. Um, and just general thoughts on how it's been. I don't know if I love it.
1: Sure. To be Tell honest with you. Tell me why.
0: I don't know if teams take it as seriously as we think they do because what I've looked is a huge part of the in-season tournament has come down to point differentials and so many scenarios are gonna be decided by how many points you scored per game what the point differential was between your wins and we saw the Celtics yesterday against the Bulls sit their team in the fourth because they were up by enough they decided that's pretty much saying we don't really care about the in-season tournament. They I, needed to score a certain uh, number of points to have a spot locked in. And instead of running up the score to get that point differential to have a spot locked in for the in-season tournament, they went, we already won this game. Who cares?
1: I think the Celtics were in a spot where they were comfortable enough to like let it slide, Like not even just with the win, but also like with the points because they had already kind of establish themselves as a real threat in the tournament um i will just take the exact opposite approach i freaking love the in-season tournament i think it's so exciting and so silly like humans are so stupid like the 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 um evolution brain is really showing itself here like with uh you know like me just being like ooh, like a trophy ooh, like a cash prize like i want that like i want my team to have that and you know you 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 point out the celtics resting their starters late in the game but Zach, how many times have we seen teams not do that? How many times have we seen the Suns throw Booker and Durant back out there in a 22-point game and piss off uh, Trailblazers coach Chauncey Billups because he's like, "Yo, they're running up the score," but that's what they're supposed to do. And I think that's so cool. And I I love that teams have kept their starters in late. I I, I am disappointed that the Celtics, you know, didn't go balls to the wall, but you know, uh, there was a Devin Booker. Bank shot three pointer at the buzzer in a game that the Suns were up twenty in, and it ended up being the difference between them making the the next round and them not. And that's what's. So I cool. just want
0: to see everybody take it that seriously, and I think right. there is a solution to that, mind you. One, also, can we talk about the courts are horrible but the, the yeah. courts are bad.
1: They're bad in like a. They are hideous and ugly, but they're good in like a. They're so ugly. But they're good in like a. Oh my god! It feels like college football almost. Like there's like a. a, It feels like Boise State. There's like that um.
0: The blue charm to it. There's
1: like that kitschy. I don't mind
0: it in general. I like the idea of the bright colors, but the Bulls. They've been executing poorly. Borderline. I, I don't like looking at it. It
1: hurts my eyes. There are some that hurt my eyes. And you know what else too? They're getting cute with the colors. Like they were doing, I, when they the Knicks played, with the they played oh. the Wizards and the, they were wearing, They was like green. And I was like, I've never seen the Wizards wear green in my life. They wear navy blue and red. I don't know what this green shit is. That was weird.
0: I don't mind the idea of the end season tournament. I love it. I think it. the execution can be fixed. And I think there's one solution that could fix it all. You have a trophy at the end of the tournament. But more importantly than that ditch the cast prize you win the tournament you're guaranteed a playoff spot i guarantee you every single one of That's these teams crazy though. balls to the wall but
1: that is such a huge like i feel, i like where your head's at i i think you're in you're you're in dangerous murky territory here sir you're kind of like infringing on like madness but a little am bit.
0: i because because i think these you might be. teams the a playoff of spot? the tournament we're, month, the we're not even month into the season I hear you. The winner, maybe you can extend it. Maybe you can move the tournament closer to midseason. Okay. But the winner of this tournament is going to be a good team, like regardless, because they're going to win games. They're going to score points. Theoretically, theoretically, they're going to be either already in the playoffs or at least on that bubble. You you guaranteeing a team a playoff spot is most likely giving a playoff spot to a team that was already going to get one. But it'll make these teams play. But then the question is, if the if the team wins the in-season tournament and they get that playoff spot, how does that affect the rest of their season, you know? Are you easing up on the rest of the half of the games because you, you could, already have a playoff you spot? Totally could. You totally could. Are you sitting your starters? Like, how does that work? It's I think they're- Interesting, it's an interesting idea. I think there are ways that they could at least figure it out. But if you wanna really incentivize every team to take this seriously, which is what they want, they want let's like, take this in-season tournament, have some sort of playoff implication involved. If it's not a guaranteed spot, something to get them to take it seriously.
1: I am so excited for how the um, next round goes uh, because we have, like, you know, my Knicks made it, which I'm really excited about. We have a bunch of the best teams in the NBA, but we also have some teams that just kind of really overperformed in those games. So we'll see if they get that, like, band of brothers, like, this is the tournament, like, this, you know, they get that chip on their shoulder. They go out and fight. It'll be really fun to watch uh, this this bracket unfold in Vegas in a tournament setting, extra games. Ex- I, I always say this. I always joke about this, but it's very real for people like you and I. Extra shit to bet on. You know what I mean? It's it's definitely. really, it's really really interesting. Um, definitely can't wait to see how it unfolds. But also, Zach, um, what was I going to say? There was something else about the in-season tournament that I was really uh, – damn, I forget – no, no, I just I I just love that it oh, here's what I was gonna say. I like your idea of the playoff spot, but it feels like they it's too much that you're giving away. But in the MLB, the only reason people try in the all star game is because the winner of that game has home field advantage in the playoffs. Give home court advantage to the winning team. Like make that the tiebreaker over seeding, you know? I don't mind that.
0: Yeah, because that, that would like, be a good thing. Like I'm saying, some sort of implication to yes, get these teams to—that's a bigger not deal than money, try pocket you know? change
1: for them. Really, let's be honest. Yeah.
0: So that yeah. would be my only gripe. Is I want if you're going to have an in-season tournament, and the players have already came out and talked about it, that they're like, why do I, why do I care about this? I'd much rather just like. But some of stay them stay healthy
1: are saying the other thing. Some of them are like, you know, uh, the, it seems like the, I don't know if it's just because I'm a Knicks fan. I'm just seeing what the Knicks. I, I watch every Knicks game, and they're every oh, player on the, the Knicks. Only,
0: trophy they win this season all so right of chill, out, chill, out,
1: chill out chill out chill out but you you might be right but but it they're they're all saying like rj barrett like josh hart like jalen brunson they're saying like look we want to win it for us but we want to win it for the 14th and 15th guy on the team who that is their salary like they'd be doubling their salary if they win the tournament, and that's cool to see the starters and rally
0: and it's nice to hear that from that too and you i wonder how much of that's media trained as well but you never know but that's our time today, man. Yes, we sir. Are, we're booked, so we did it. Another day in the coffee shop. Appreciate yes, everybody for tuning in. You can find these on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Check out our clips YouTube. on YouTube. Yep. Follow us on the socials for yeah. the rest of your day.
1: Peace.